0: Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patamaro. And uh, this week we have a guest, it's uh, Vincent. Uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, it's uh, episode 124, and for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we are a draft focus guest podcast, uh, which I will generously call a, a monthly podcast now. Uh, hopefully I'll start doing more of these episodes, but... Um, I've been thinking and saying that for about two months now, uh, and it hasn't happened yet, so I don't, I don't want to make any promises that I, that I probably won't keep. But I, uh, the show is not over, and I, I keep hoping to, to get inspired to do more of these. So, But we, we are here. We have the draft open uh, coming up in a, a couple days here, so I wanted to try to get uh, an episode out uh, pretty quick. Uh, hopefully, it'll be out tonight or tomorrow morning, which will be Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, so that uh, any dedicated listeners could listen to this episode and hear our thoughts, I guess, uh, coming into the open. Um, so that's what we're doing this week. Um, so uh, how has how's your draft week been, Vincent?
1: Uh, it's been pretty good. It's been up and down a little bit, but that seems like the whole format for me in a nutshell. Uh, yesterday, the ranks don't really matter, but it's just kind of an idea where i'm at i started yesterday at like rank 40 and i'd had some bad drafts the day before and left me at 40 and then i did three drafts and i was rank four and so i'm totally confused by the format i have no idea what's going on Uh, but i keep playing it because it's it's fun to me (laughs) okay so
0: would you do like would you give a overall positive statement about this
1: format I like the format, and I hang out with a lot of eternal people, and there are a lot of discussions about the format, and I hear often that people say, uh, you know, I hate this format, it's stupid, I don't like it, yet all those people are still still playing the format, because it is fun, it's just some cards in the format are very frustrating and annoying, and it ticks you off. Yeah. But, uh, I like it, so yes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate your sort of positive spin on the format. Because I, I would agree that I'm not in love with the format. and But I, I do think that it's a complicated feeling. And it's partly that, that first few weeks uh, before they did the balance patch... I really really didn't like. It was just like oh, not okay. the type of gameplay I liked. It was like the same match over and over again against like TJP decks and yes. um that really soured it for me and I so I still have like that residual feeling even though the format's a lot better than it was. But then also I think part of it um is that I just really really loved the set 12 draft format and even like after six months or whatever of drafting that format, I was still enjoying myself, which I thought was, uh, you know, pretty impressive for a draft format. And I was still doing new stuff and having a lot of fun doing different things in that format. And so I think part of my problem with this format is just, again, that like feeling of, uh, of just like, I'm still processing the disappointment I felt (laughs) when this format didn't really live up to my expectations because Part of it was, you know, like Patrick Sullivan came back on and then they like came out with set 12 and it was a great draft format. And I was like, wow, they've really like figured it out. And like their teams firing on all cylinders and set 13 came out and you're like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> and um, but then like, but like, sorry, one, uh, one last thing is just, but then like you said, I, I actually keep playing it and kind of enjoying myself. And so even when I'm like grumbling or I get annoyed and I, I will say I've taken more breaks in this format than any other format, I do keep coming back. So there has to be something there.
1: Yeah, I agree that that's I'm doing the same thing. I am drafting less now, uh, I'll draft for like a day and then I'll get on the streak where I just draft like 10, 10 times. And then I won't draft it all for like four or five days. Cause I don't want to deal with the annoyance of the format.
0: Yeah and and that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah, and so my my draft week has been pretty similar except I haven't had that like three run. Well, I kind of did. Um except mine uh, I'm I guess I'm the opposite of you where uh earlier this week I had a streak of th- three or four drafts in a row where I did pretty well, got to rank 9 and then I just had like a day of like one threes and two threes. And that put me at rank 40, but I'm now 2-0 with a argent port deck or an argent port deck that has um, a menagerie, uh, a poacher's menagerie in it, which I haven't drawn yet. But I'm still 2-0 with the deck. So uh,
1: <laughs> everyone's favorite card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I,
0: I've had this is my third one, and I don't think I've I think I've cast it once, and it was so
1: late that I still lost that game. Uh, so <laughs> here's. Here's how good I am with Menagerie. I've probably drafted it like six times. And of those six drafts, only one of them was a seven win draft. And the seven win draft was a Stone Scar list that splashed Menagerie that I drew twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm horrible with the card.
0: Yeah. That that was yeah, I, I actually observed some of that game and uh yeah, I so saw one of the games we were against uh Fiendish and they managed to actually kill the Menagerie. I mean you had gotten like Five units off of it b- before they killed it but turned into Yeah, they killed
1: it but still won the game yeah I'd like to mark that on the record here still won the game
0: <laughs> yeah but it was that was a pretty intense game so <laughs> so yeah it it is it's you know you when you you see it on the other side of the battlefield it feels inevitable but when it's in your deck you don't you know for some reason my opponents seem to always have it on turn four but that has not been my experience so far
1: have, have you gotten to the point where every time your opponent plays a, a justice and then a shadow, you're like, "Yep, that's Menagerie. That's oh, menagerie it's a hundred percent. There's like
0: <laughs> so stupid. It I'm like stupid. so scared when they have a justice and a shadow. I'm like not <laughs> to the point where like some people are playing cards like cleave and stuff. Like I just don't think there's enough. No, um, there's not attachments to be dealing with for those kind of cards, but like. I don't know. Well,
1: Cleave is so bad because if they don't have an attachment, it doesn't do anything and it's not fast. It's just a waste of a card.
0: Yeah. Is Decay fast? Decay is not fast, is it?
1: Decay's not fast. You get three life, but again, I don't think that's my personal opinion. Is It's not worth putting in your deck.
0: No. I, I, I don't like it. I agree. Um, all right. So I, I guess we'll just move to card of the week here. So... Um... What
1: is your card of the week? I went with Party Crasher. Uh, Party Crasher is, I pull up this down, I think it's a 4 2 for 5 that has charge, and you can uh, not stun, but exhaust an enemy unit if you so desire, and attack. It's a pretty good card. I've enjoyed it. Um, it kind of removes problem cards at times, or it just lets you get in for lots of damage. I draft as many of these as I can typically as I'm usually on Stone Scar. And uh if it it's right in my with my playstyle and the decks I like to play. Yeah.
0: No, this card is like an unbelievable overperformer, I think. Um I see a lot of them, so I, I feel like people are, you know, have caught on to how strong this card is, but like man, it does so much. And it, well, it,
1: yeah, from a defensive standpoint, too, it does so much because you know, you when you're getting low on health, does the opponent playing against a fire deck, and you're like, I want to get them down, so maybe next attack is lethal. I want to swing here, but I can't uh, because he might have party crasher. if he has party crasher, and I leave one back, I'm dead. Yeah, but there's some, there's so many things that affects,
0: yeah. And I really like, yeah, it's, it's, a, and it's a really cool card because it's, it provides you with so many choices and options you know like do you stun one of your you know do you stun their only unit or whatever and then just a space so you do a ton of damage or do you use it as pseudo removal by like stunning their small unit and then you know attacking into their five four or their four four or whatever you know and then um so there's like a lot of play to it that's that's really cool
1: yeah i agree Yeah,
0: so my card uh, this week is Ice Glider, which is the 6 Primal 2-3 Flying Aegis Summon, Deal Ice Glider's Attack and Damage to an Enemy. And uh, I think this is probably universally agreed upon as a pretty good card. Um, But I just, like, still have trouble picking it very early. You, You know, like, if there's... Um, you know, spoiler alert, primals, one of the, is the, probably the best color in the format. It's the one that's appearing the most in our, our, our spreadsheet lists. Um, there's a lot of good primal cards, uh, but, and so, you know, you do pick primal cards pretty highly, but I still like between like, I'm still picking thunder pop earlier than ice glider. And I, I know there are people out there that think that's wrong. And then there are people that, that, prefer ice glider to thunder pop and i was just wondering where are you on sort of the the commons of primal
1: um i don't play a lot of primal um because i like playing nothing but fire if i could be mondo fire i would but obviously that's impossible um i would pick thunder pop over an ice glider early because i might be splashing yeah primal and i want some quick interaction as opposed to Look, ice glider is, is a great card. Ah, uh, you can deal two damage to the face. It can trigger some of your frenzy stuff, which might be what you're trying to do with your deck. So it is a good card, um, but I don't know. I just don't play it often enough, I guess. Yeah. I've really, it... I really have been just forcing Stone's Scar to win games, and if I don't, I end up losing. <laughs> That's kind of where I've been lately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like ice gliders, you know, it can be great because it, you know, it can kill something and then. You know there's like a lot of 2-2 flyers in the format so then it can hold off things in the air it's really hard to kill you know it wears a weapon really well so it's like a really powerful flexible card but like there are people out there being like i would play four ice gliders and i'm like it still costs six <laughs> like yeah that's right <laughs> you know and it's like six is a lot and like it's a lot more than five for party crasher and it's just like i just can't
1: take them that early uh so that's I think kind it, of I think with my you know the group that i draft with a lot i think that's probably the statement i say the most is six is a lot <laughs> you, you know because people and people put so many expensive cards in their deck and a lot of times they don't pull it off and, and i'm looking at it, I'm like man you have like eight six cost cards six cost units that seems like a lot you're gonna die you're gonna die to aggro
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, there is the thing in this format where because so many people are doing it and there are just so few of us out there drafting aggro that um, you can kind of get away with it, but I don't know, but aggro is a real thing in this format and you will just lose a bunch of, you know, I I definitely draft decks in this format where I'm like, oh, this is a great deck, but if I face three aggro decks, then
1: (laughs) I'm not going to do well. And, I'll uh, tell you who's really good at drafting the type of deck I just discussed, though. Um, it's not really, well, he's a good player overall, Spifferific. He's a really good draft player, a really good constructed player. But I see some of the seven-win lists he posts. And he'll have, like, one one-drop, and then he'll have a couple of threes, and, and then lots of fours, fives, and six. And, the, and you look at the results, it's like seven zero, seven zero. Like how how the hell does he do that? I can't do it every time I do it. I just uh, I fall on my face. I lose. So I think there are people that figured out how to get away get around the aggro somehow and do that, just, I guess, with cheap interaction. And Then have these big, beefy decks that uh, once he gets to turn five, you're just not going to win. They're going to beat you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that has not been my experience. Every time I draft them, I like... E- e- yeah, either I die with a bunch of five or six cost cards in my hand uh, the right. aggro, or I like someone goes over the top of me, and and I just like don't draw my top end. It's like I'm like, how can I, I have four Terrazons and like six of the the <laughs> or and like three of the six cost uncommon time guy? I'm like, how how am I oh, like, losing <laughs> the, the slate game? I don't understand what's happening right here.
1: there's talking about the one that grows with with your power. Like yeah, seven. Yeah, that's a yeah. And I'm like, I, yep.
0: and yet I am still. <laughs> losing the the late game here. I don't, I don't get it. Um, But yeah, so that, that's that been my kind of experience with those cards. All right, cool. cool. So I think we'll just uh, jump right into it. Like I said, I think the the main thrust of this show is we're going to be talking about our the 7-win spreadsheet, which is the data collection project we do where people can uh, post their 7-win drafts to the Discord or email them to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And then... Um, we put them in a spreadsheet and uh, we can see what sort of factions are doing well. We ran some numbers to figure out what cards are showing up a bunch and so we thought we'd use that to sort of key off and have a discussion about this format uh, getting ready uh, for the open here. Um, so I guess the the first thing sort of big picture, you know, I, I, I mentioned this already, uh, Primal the number one deck it's uh, appearing in uh, 57 and a half percent of the lists. So we have 384 uh, total drafts of this format and um, 221 of them are have Primal in them as a main color uh, and 36 have it as a splash. So <laughs> uh, a, a big number of decks are playing Primal. Uh, next is uh, Time and Fire and they're both around... Uh, uh, forty-five percent of decks. So again, that's a, that's above average for a two-color format, because um, forty percent would be what you would expect every color to have in a two-color format. So they're they're doing all right. And then uh, Shadow and Justice are in the rear with Shadow at thirty-seven percent and Justice at thirty-three uh, percent of uh, decks. So is is that how does that feel as like a color ranking to you?
1: I don't know. It seems okay. If- Fire I like fire, man. Fire is good. People are sleeping on it. Well um, it's
0: it's the number two color, so it's not it's not people aren't like sleeping on it per se. It's just
1: Yeah, I guess. Um <laughs> and I agree with the Primal has cheap interaction. It has flyers, it has the unleash flyers, so I could see why that's uh number one has good removal.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if this is your experience, but I just feel like a lot of my opponents are also playing primal, so I can definitely feel I feel like i I keep waiting for the bottom to fall out, like like it just can't, primal can't sustain everyone drafting it, and yet everyone seems to be drafting it, and it still continues to succeed somehow.
1: What do you think that is like here's here's my not really theory but here's my experience been in prior format, so like a new format comes out. And everybody seems to be aggro for like a week or two, because it's it's easy to kind of figure out and play and pick the cards and play in aggro. And then people start seeing other things that other people are doing, like, oh, let me try some of this. Let me spread out a little bit and try to explore the space of the draft content. And it starts moving to more, not really control, Well, it can move to a different direction. This one was different, this format, because... It was immediately unleashed. It was immediately everybody's playing the humbug swarm or whatever it's called, and we're gonna unleash everything in time. And uh, aggro wasn't really a thing. You couldn't play aggro because it could be controlled and easily defeated. And now it kind of seems to be going back to the end of the format, the aggro's coming around, and it's the toughest to deal with. And uh, I think primal works in both of those those instances, right? Because of the removal and the spells.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, right. It has good removal. It has, yeah, A good spell suite. It has units that can sort of do multiple roles. Like, you know, uh, Glider can be, like you said, it could go face and be sort of like an aggressive finisher, or it can be in a defensive card. You know, there's cards oh, like, oh, oh. There's like gr- Griffin, which, you know, it's not like a well-statted unit. But, you know, it's just like a flyer. And if your opponent can't deal with flyers, you can sort of just overwhelm them with a bunch of flyers in like an aggressive Skycrag deck. Um, right, right. So, yeah, I just like I just feel like, yeah, that y- y- you would. F- yeah. So maybe primal is just deep enough that it can sustain, you know, <laughs> so many people drafting it and not really suffer. But. I just feel like eventually it should
1: come down, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. Maybe, maybe uh who knows what takes over the format in the next week or two. Yeah. Then oh, the, uh, oh. Go ahead. No. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, and then I guess, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you draft a lot of stone scar decks. You know, there's, I don't know if you read the main discord a lot, but there is like a lot of discourse about how shadow is unplayable. And, hmm. um, wondering what you if you have that sense
1: oh i do not have the sense of shadows on the table and i think at the i understand having opinions on cards and i know everybody's entitled to have opinion and everybody has opinion but i do feel there's some cards that don't have a place but most cards have a place somewhere depending on someone's play style and whether it can be uh good or not yeah so when, when people like i know there's people that don't like crasher they think it's trash. Because what if my opponent plays uh, a unit with Endurance? You know what I mean? Um, but that doesn't mean that the card's bad. It just There's a counter to every card out there to an extent. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think uh, Shadow's bad at all. I like playing Shadow. Uh, Through the Unknown is such a good card, um, in my opinion. Uh, it's a Shadow card. It works great with Frenzy Triggers, or it works great. Like the other day, I had a, a deck with a Captain in it, last set, Captain. And it died twice. It was in the void. I had three through the unknowns in my hand, and I just kept drawing Captain back for free during their turn. It played the card. It drew me a card. I mean, that's a cool interaction. And that was uh, next to having the one cost shadow card. That's pretty damn good. Yeah.
0: No, I I agree, and I I think part of the difference is that I'm just higher. I I end up playing shadow a lot, and I just think I'm higher on some of the shadow cards. Like I just the the bat, the two cost two one seems seems a good card yeah i like it (laughs) and then you know the ambush the three cost four one uh ambush guy like that's another one where it can be it's a cool card because it can be aggressive and it can be defensive you know like an uh, it it ambushes and kills a lot of units in in the format obviously it doesn't hit cards like uh terrazon or like the really big stuff but you know a lot of units are pretty small statted and and that can surprise you and kill you kill it at fast speed or you can uh you know uh, ambush it in and attack them for four next turn so
1: well and again like i said before you can ambush it in and you can use it again with through the unknown you can get it back and play it at fast speed for power up um also just having that card in the format people know people play it they try to play around it and sometimes you don't even have it yeah you can you, can, you know hold the pause and like i don't want to attack with the just you that here on the ground because I don't want to lose to the ambusher and save yourself a little bit of life. So.
0: Exactly. And it's it's pretty cool because there's also the um the collection rounds card, um, which is you know another three cost fast uh speed spell <laughs> that plays, you know, the two one one minotaurs, which doesn't seem great, but you know, it makes it really hard to play around one or the other sometimes because you're like, oh, is this a collection round? Like, do yeah. I do I attack with my Two my two platoon units because like if it's uh you know or or my two three ones because you know if it's the four one I don't mind trading that off and still getting three damage in but if it's if it's the collection rounds I'm gonna lose both of my three ones to this one card and it's gonna be you know really bad for me so it's right or
1: sometimes people think they have good blocks set up and then you're you in the turn play collection rounds and they have to block two one ones <laughs> while you bring in for lethal so yeah i mean it's not a great card in my opinion but it's not awful either it's playable
0: yeah no i no i agree and um you know uh, the fact that justice is in last place uh you know makes a a lot of sense to me because you know hats we talked about last time we had you know hats was on the show that he more or less only drafts justice if he's like forced to because he like picked up four incredible uncommons in, in the first pack or something. But if you're just like, if you're just like pack one, picking a good justice uncommon or rare and still not seeing anything else, I am, I am currently still off justice. Like I'm not, I'm not forcing justice to play my one good rare, because I just feel like the commons are so bad that you're really setting yourself up for a uh, failure by doing that.
1: I agree with that assessment. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like, Justice at this point for me it's just a splash. Like if I see something really cool that I like, like a menagerie obviously, or sometimes if I can pull off the uh catalyst and I see it, I might take it thinking it's not worth splashing, but I might try to if I if I got nothing else going on. Yeah. But otherwise otherwise I just yeah, I avoid justice. I don't think it's very good. Agreed.
0: And and Justice and Shadow are both like our least played main colors but are both actually are
1: that the two
0: highest or most frequent splashes in our spreadsheet
1: yeah and, because of one card and one or two cards mainly what's yeah. the uh the, the valkyrie spell the two cost valkyrie spell
0: yeah aerial deployment uh yeah. that is splashed a lot uh, yeah so yeah actually uh we could go sh- straight to that uh kind of while we're talking about splashes here are the cards that are splashed the most uh pretty interesting list. Uh number one, aerial deployment, no surprise. Number two, <laughs> uh Skycrag Adept actually. Um and Skycrag Adept is actually like the most overperforming card <laughs> we have in the spreadsheet where like the number of decks it's supposed to be in compared to how many show up is pretty incredible. Um then it's uh bust out, Star-Kissed wings, felon adept, stolen augmentation uh, Mithril Guardian, Hunter's Harpoon, Ice Over, Through the Unknown, and then, uh, Poacher's Menagerie, uh, to round out. I think that's the top 10. Um, maybe top 11 was there, but yeah. So those are our, our number one, our top 10 splash cards and Poacher's Menagerie, uh, un, you know, kind of like, even though it's a rare, it, it still
1: makes the, uh, top 10 splash cards. Well, do you ever usually when I see a, a menagerie deck, it's it's four color, and I suspect that people are you know they're crafting their uh time primal list and they get to pack four and they're like, Whoa, look, it's a menagerie, I'm going to splash this menagerie somehow. <laughs> and so, you end up with like a four color poacher menagerie deck,
0: yeah. It, it's kind of interesting because I i forget where, but I was just uh saw um Apple Chips, uh, well known eternal player, uh talking about how he thinks Menagerie is not as good as it is because it it's like people try to splash it in every deck and that it's not actually a great splash card because it's at its strongest in like turn four to six
1: i agree yeah that sounds right and i trust what April chip says most of the time sometimes he, he tries to say some things just to be funny
0: Uh, but yeah he was arguing that you know it it wasn't a great splash card but i don't know that has not been the experience of people splashing it in in our uh, deck submitters and like you said you i see i lose to a bunch of menageries that are coming out of four color decks (laughs) Um, well
1: i I think the part of the statement that might be true is uh, or accurate is like the four to six right turns four to six yeah. So I mean, if you can't play it and you're on turn eight, maybe this isn't great because maybe you're just too far behind at that point.
0: Right. So. But I do think that is partially a, you know, like the yeah, it 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 is still a weird assumption because it's not like if you're playing a four colored deck. It's because you've drafted a lot of good cards in a lot of different colors. And so it's not like you're not doing anything for the first eight turns. It's almost like the people that pack one, pick one a Poacher's Menagerie. And yes, they do get the free wins of playing it uh, on turn four to six. But they've also drafted a really bad deck because they've drafted only Justice and Shadow cards. Yes. And so they're relying much more on casting it on four to six than like a four color deck who's like, hey, I just need to be at parity and and create a board stall. And then as soon as I or like keep the board clear with my removal from four different colors and then and then, you know, turn eight or ten play Menagerie and then slowly grind out the game.
1: Well, and I'm not saying anything shocking here, but that is the. The worst part about playing against Menagerie is once you get it down, your opponent's not spending any power. They just spin their power or removal. You can never catch up. You can almost never catch up.
0: I know. Um, that's the thing. And, and I always forget that because like my opponent'll get a card and I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. I can deal with that. That's like no big deal. And then I'm like, oh wait. They still have all their power and five cards in
1: hand. And have you ever noticed too? You'll be on the flyer deck, because flyer deck can can beat menagerie but then all of a sudden their menagerie just starts pumping out flyers (laughs) you're like yeah i don't get it (laughs) i know that happened to me
0: i was like playing and i got them down to one health and then um i had a bunch of flyers and then they got like a Rania or something and i was like oh of course
1: (laughs) (laughs) what's cool about it in league have you played against it in league or i haven't
0: done league Uh, league is like i do once every six months i like trick myself into thinking i'm going to enjoy playing the same deck for four weeks and yeah. then and then i don't um and yeah, then I, I i get it out of my system for a few yeah, I, sold, I
1: think it was league i sold the league deck wherever we spirit of resistance is a card so but on turn 12 basically it just plays spirit of resistance and it kills everything so the minor menagerie's gone it's kind of a funny interaction oh yeah that so, is that is
0: at least you have some hope. I mean, you're not surviving past 7 and 8 in most games, but uh, that is funny. Cool. So, yeah, those those are the top uh, colors and splashes. Uh, we'll go on to color pairs here. So um, I, I mentioned, unsurprising since primals are top color and fires are second uh, top color, that the number one color pair we see in uh, draft is uh, uh, Skycrag. Uh, followed by, uh, actually, Elysian, and then uh, number three, Felm. So the top three color pairs um, are all Primal-based. Uh, Skycrag, Elysian, and Felm. So what do you think about that top three list?
1: Um, yeah, I see a lot of people playing Skycrag. I think I was watching Gozu today, and he might have drafted two Skycrag decks in his run. I see Spiff play the last a spherific playstyle skycrag it's uh it's got a lot of interaction at in it. units yeah it's got cool things you can do
0: <laughs> yeah and i think uh the nice thing about skycrag is it's again one of those decks that can kind of go both uh, a lot of different directions like you can be sort of more fire based and just like uh hit them in the face with your like early fire units and then use like the the primal spells to like keep the board clear and, and or do some face damage with them or you can uh play it like a flyer's deck because fire does have some flyers you know your primal base you have a bunch of flyers you kind of do the opposite you use like fires removal a little bit to keep the board clear uh you, you know or you can kind of be controlling you can like play these like sort of later game frenzy decks where you're just like doing a lot of cool things probably you know splash some shadow or whatever um so like there's a, a lot of directions skycrack can go which i think probably helps it uh be the number one
1: uh color yeah palette. it gives you it gives you access to the greatest card ever introduced which daily really grew on <laughs> yeah. and uh it helps <laughs> prevent all those aggro cards from in the face so Yeah, you can set up your spell damage so yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, you know, I'm like not quite as high as everyone is on Skelly Gruan, where they're like, oh, I'm just excited to pack one pick of Skelly Gruan. I'm like, I am not excited to pack one pick a Skelly Gruan, <laughs> but I do like having a couple in my primal decks to to gum up the ground. And I will say, having drafted a lot of aggro, like Skelly Gruan is like on turn two is like the number one way I lose when, when I'm playing an aggro deck.
1: Right, you're like, how how am I going to get rid of this? I'm not going to waste premium removal and get rid of a 1-4.
0: Yeah, well, because not only are you like, I mean, you know, like I use Searing Fist will kill it, and you can still get damage. But I feel like a lot of the time you got to like do something s- stupid, you know, like yeah, <laughs> like attack with a 3-2 into it, and then use your bow to like kill it, and then you're like, oh, I didn't, you know, you didn't get any, you killed it but you also didn't do the three damage that you're going to have really need to have done <laughs> at the end of the game. So I, I think... All from,
1: from a two-drop. Two-drop messed you up your whole game plan.
0: <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, yeah, so the, yeah that's the Skycrag deck. Um, Elysian deck, I think the Elysian deck is... Um, it can be pretty strong because I think time has some of the best commons in the format, and so does Primal, so that just makes a really solid deck. I've had you know, mixed success with the deck where sometimes I'm like too time based and I'm I'm like too much on the ground and then my opponent will be like Skycrag or something and will just go over me. Um so that that can be a problem with the uh, with time jet decks in general if you're not getting the like premium flyers from uh primal like the green stretch uh griffin or whatever it's called. right? Uh, yeah. Um, yes. And then uh, I guess third is, or is Felm, which I think is surprising to some people because uh, they don't like Shadow. But I've had a ton of success with uh, with Felm, and I feel like the two colors complement each other pretty well. You know, like Shadow also provides some flyers. It provides cards like Through the Unknown to get back your... Um, your griffins and stuff um, so I think the colors work well together
1: yeah I think you have to get you, know, you have to get some film adepts I, I play film a fair amount of time and it's often because I find the film adept early yeah and wind, and wind screamer I love wind screamer I love frenzy frenzy was in my opinion was such a great idea and uh it's it's fun to play um' a uh, unleashed is okay but since so they did the nerfs and they got rid of the, made the Humbug Swarm or whatever it's called, the, the swarm cost three instead of two. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, been, you know, it's been fun to play. I enjoy doing that. I enjoy, I enjoy getting the Felon Adept down and seeing how much damage you could do and draw cards and play a Wind Screamer and uh, Yeah like that.
0: Yeah, Felon Adept is definitely my number one splashed card personally
1: yeah you always want to live the dream like we're gonna do it
0: but I, I will say i don't actually i don't get a lot of i especially don't get them early a lot now so i'm not often like film because i drafted an adept i'm just like film because i picked a bunch of you know primals so deep and then i just i like the shadow cards, so i end up picking them and then uh you know you do get a little i, I my film decks tend to splash fire or whatever to like trigger some of the frenzy stuff or 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 whatever, but I, I think they can be it can be a powerful combination.
1: Yep, yeah, I agree. I Agree with that assessment. All
0: right, then the next two uh, the next two commons uh, to round out the top five are actually Stone Scar and then Cambrai. Um So I you probably have a lot
1: to say about Stone Scar. Yeah, I mean uh, not, probably not that I've already said. Um, it might just be a play style thing. I don't know, or maybe I get lucky in my picks every time, but this Scar card seems busted to me. Like I'm able to consistently get seven wins if I get you know, a couple Crashers. If I get lucky on the rare, maybe I get a Recono Anarchist. And, uh, you know, it gives you access to the 1-1 one, one bow. The 1-1 one, one bow is a great card. Yeah. Uh, I, so what's the Yeti from last set that, Inscribe if, if you play a spell on it, you get a power burst.
0: Oh, uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah, the three, what <laughs> the three one yeti, um, that yes. has inscribe, and you get it, yeah, like you said, you get a power, get a power burst, burst if uh, one of your units are targeted by the opponent.
1: Uh, you know, I, I like playing that, and people often remove it with a spell, it's bad against bow, obviously, but people remove it with a spell, then the next turn, I'm just playing a crasher and doing four damage to them, and then uh, you know, what you have the unknown so you get all these cards back i don't know i just enjoy it it's uh it's usually quick wins uh and it makes for pretty good games people are play little dirty decks Run them over.
0: yeah well i i kind of want to dig deeper into this because i know you do play a lot of stone scar in that like so what it, what is shadow providing the deck if you're not getting the adept and uh you know kind of assume that you're not getting it every draft because it is an uncommon
1: or stone scar which adept, the, the Ricano? no the stone scar
0: you know the stone scar adept is i think oh. a very strong card and like would be true. would be like a reason to draft stone scar aggro but like you know like the cards you described besides for through the unknown were mostly fire cards so i guess i was just wondering what do you feel like shadow is bringing to the table that like
1: you know, like let a Skycrag deck. Uh, let me pull up my, one of my recent We look through the cards. Because I'm obviously ill-prepared. So in my last deck, I've had a couple of um, Thirsty Bats. Um, and I've had a Forgotten Youth, which well, I'm not sure if people like this card or not. Let's see. O3, oh, that when you frenzy, you gain three life. When you play it at Scouts, after you frenzy three times, it turns into a 2-4, unblockable with lifesteal. Um, that's a really good card in my opinion because I'm able to consistently get uh, uh, frenzy triggers uh, then I'm dealing unblockable damage maybe with a a derringer on the unit or uh, any other type of buff and it kind of ends games pretty quick. Um, Bust Out I believe is a card that is in the top 10 for splash cards but in Stone's card it's excellent 5 cost removal. Yeah, Um,
0: but you would still you would wouldn't you prefer a hoof stomp? Mm, no.
1: You don't think so? I, I skip hoof stomp a lot, and that might be wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be doing that, but I like bust out. I know bust out's going to get rid of whatever unit is on the board, and they're not going to be able to get it back. Yeah. And so I kind of like that as opposed to. Uh, I guess there's not many overwhelm units in the in the format, so it, uh, but, uh, the other spell you mentioned can get rid of most units. But I don't know. I just pick Bust Out because it has Void Bound, and I can play it on five, and I see yeah. it a lot. So I grab it. Yeah. Add to that, Panic ensues is another card that's a good card that's in Shadow. So I'm not saying it's a reason to play Shadow, but it helps with your frenzy triggers for your fire deck. Like if you have the 1-4... Uh, that makes dragons based off frenzy yeah a lot lot of good frenzy procs are in shadow and i play a lot of frenzy. shadow tends to help that out with the fire
0: yeah okay yeah i i can i can see that it's just interesting you know to figure out like uh because i feel like on paper you're just like well i don't know if these shadow cards are that aggressive but you know there are some you know like the bat will just get damage in the four-one ambush guy will just get damage in. Uh, collection rounds will help you get damage in, even though they're just 1-1s because they let your other things attack in. Um, you know, well, there's all- still
1: cards from the last set too that are really good, though. You know, they're still available, like uh, call to hit, and you know, call to hit deals with wind Screamer and the the one four that makes dragons, things like that. A lot of the bad cards that you don't you don't want to to go off, so it's good to have access to those as well even though it's yeah described.
0: and then you get cards like embezzler to deal the final points of damage and stuff but then um yeah i'll just finish out out the list here uh the next uh two colors are or the next color is uh um, huru then we go to uh xenon and argent uh then um then praxis and then our worst color worst-performing color pair is actually Rakano. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which <laughs> I, kind of makes sense because there's not, like, you're just thinking, like, what is Justice providing <laughs> uh, right. an aggressive fire deck? And you're like, well, you know, you get Saddle saddle Up, but that's still a three-cost trick. and um, And then a lot of uninspiring you know, units. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons that Rakano is doing so poorly is that the two colors don't really
1: mesh well. Well, I think like Praxis though, I mean, Praxis, well, Praxis have done well, but it's just based off the same reasons. Yeah. It, no, good fire cards, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I've actually had fine luck with Praxis where, you know, fire provides early game and then time just provides the mid late game to deal a bunch of damage you know like like i mean this is more mid game but like happy harvesters you know they uh, do attack for three damage and can attack into nearly everything so i'm like happy to like keep playing them <laughs> in my aggro deck and i wasn't done a block with them anyway um so who cares if they come in exhausted or you know a terrazon is a great top end um <laughs> yeah, i agree yeah so yeah no i agree with that and actually xenon i've had a ton of success with xenon too it's probably one of my more drafted color pairs again i draft shadow a lot and then you know time i feel like it has a strong adept and time supplements it really well by having a lot of good units to through the unknown so um i'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen um you know that xenon personally xenon performs better than the number of lists represented in our uh, spreadsheet
1: yeah i agree I, in fact i was watching apple chips before this and he had a good seeded list but you know he had some really good cards in there yeah uh, grumbo the 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 rare grumbo is a really good card especially when you have Grumbo's splatoon to follow it up yeah and or had, even had...
0: i uh someone uh, uh actually a boss uh this morning or i think this morning played turn two grumbo into turn three collection rounds and i was just like well i can no longer
1: Did <laughs> <laughs> you do it fast speed like when you attacked because that's cool <laughs> yeah he
0: no no he didn't need to be that tricky but it then as a you know yeah it just became too big for me to deal
1: with and uh then i and then so the shadow there provides you with through the unknown so you can get because they're going to kill grumbo at some point yeah and get it back and play it again and it's also good with a uh, seeker the o4 that yeah you play it it's so good with that card so but yeah i agree xenon should be maybe in a better place when people are just not drafting it
0: yeah i agree i just think on the i'll that's my one message is i feel like people are too down on <laughs> Shout out. I'm drafting
1: this weekend. I'm drafting and Then I've got a line. Hopefully, nobody drafts it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So then uh, let's talk about some of the top commons.
1: Um, here's our
0: uh, top five commons. This is by count. So uh, these will be uh, dominated a little bit by the fact that Primal is the number one color. Uh, so these are the set 13 uh, top commons. Uh, number one is Thunder Pop. Uh, so out of the 255, uh, possible, uh, primal decks, there's 208 copies. Uh, next is green stretch or em- er, Griffin, then, uh, there's ice glider. So the top three, uh, commons are all primal next is seek power and then, uh, harnessed thrill seeker, uh, followed by uh, happy harvester loot, strung bow towering Terrazon, and uh, scaly grew on yeah. And then Grumbo's nice. Platoon, I think that's that's ten. I think we I just counted to ten there. So uh yeah, what do you think about this uh this list?
1: Well, I mean ten uh, cards I uh, see a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you feel plus.
0: about this order of the top three uh primal commons? I I'm like actually pretty happy personally with like this is kind I like I guess maybe I take Griffin over Thunderpop, but uh, it's like Griffin, Thunderpop, Ice Glider for me is sort of my pick order.
1: If I was forced into a decision between Thunderpop and Griffin, pack one, pick one, Thunderpop, Griffin, I wouldn't take Ice Glider till later. I'd probably take Seek Power before I took any of these cards if I was pack one, pick one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of tricky. I think I take, you know... S- I don't know exactly where I take Seek Power. Um, I think I like Primal and Time and Fire or not. I don't know. Like, I think I take Thunderprop or Griffin over Seek. I think this is just me and my bias. I don't think everyone should do this. I probably take Harnessed Thrill Seeker over Seek Power. Um, oh, wow yeah Uh, i just if my my fire cards need a ton if if i have like three or four thrill seekers in my deck i feel like i'm really doing it um i I think it depends on
1: where i'm at though like if i'm in pack four and i'm already set on stone scar and i know i'm going to be two faction yeah i'm I'm, I'm obviously i'm going to pass seek power because i don't need it um I would be taking thrill seeker over some of these. But.
0: Yeah, no, no, I I agree. I that's why I think that's just me and my the success I've been having with fire decks. I just uh, thrill seekers like one of my reasons. to, <laughs> to I just okay, cool. yeah. And then I think I take a happy harvester and I take a platoon over seek. Uh, yeah,
1: I would take a harvester over seek probably. Maybe I don't play a lot of time, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. uh Luke strung bows a really good card. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, I agree. It, it's weird how good it is as a one-one weapon.
0: Yeah. And then I probably take a through the unknown over a seek power. Um.
1: and yeah, That's I probably agree. it
0: for me personally. I like
1: the unknown is definitely a good card. What else? It's,
0: yeah. What's What's really interesting with this though is uh one of the other uh sort of Metrics we use is a count per deck. So like for how many decks we have how many appear and Under that metric actually things change up a bit and like the primal cards um, Actually go way down the list and a part of that is just like primal so deep So there's a lot of different types of primal decks that are winning uh, So you it's it primals not as reliant on it's like top commons as compared to like time actually the number one card with a count per deck is a uh, happy harvester so like the time commons go in the order of happy harvester towering terrazon and then grumbo's platoon and so our top two cards uh, under this metric are happy harvester and towering terrazon which means like the time decks that we that make it to seven wins uh, almost all have a copy of happy harvester or towering Terrazon and uh hopefully multiple copies
1: yeah that makes sense uh, harvester is a good card i mean a 3-4 body for three is pretty darn good and then you know you get the scout on top of that and it also dodges at times the uh the 4-2 party crasher because it's exhausted <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and the other thing is it just like I feel like people are really undervaluing the scout like that's one of the reasons i like thunder pop is i just feel like the scout is so good on on these cards like happy harvester and thunder pop like cards that you already want to play like i i'm not super impressed with like the scout on say the um the four cost uh shadow uncommon spell that switches uh two of your units attacks and health like that has Scout, but it's it's not a good enough rate card. But like a card like Thunder Pop and Happy Harvester, I mean, I'm just like playing these and you know scouting down a power or scouting to draw towards my power. Um, they're just so powerful in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I I never realized how powerful Scout was. I mean, that, that, relatively, I've been playing since like 2019, and I can't remember the last time Scout was a really big thing. But right. The, so th- this is kind of I didn't play a lot of construct but this is kind of my first interaction with it and it is pretty useful it's a useful mechanic it, so, it, uh, it is I agree yeah
0: and then um the so our top cards by count per deck like I said were uh uh happy harvester towering terrazon then it's actually the fire cards with the harness thrill seeker and then Lootstrung strung bow and then we get to Grumbo's platoon and then uh Finally, we start hitting uh, the primal cards like Thunder Pop in, uh, in the power ranking of, uh, you know, count per deck. So, again, that just means, like, the fire cards are also, you know, you want to play a lot of Harness Thrill Seekers and a lot of Loot String Bows. They're pretty powerful <laughs> cards for their colors.
1: Yes, lots of bows. Bows are good. We like
0: bows. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we, we had these cards for a long time. Uh, so we, we all know and love them, but uh, the, the top uh, cards for uh, set 12, I'll just do the, are all, more or less, all Skycrag cards. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Trick Throw, calderon Captain, hammer, Spellhammer, Snow Peak Eagle, Scale Hide, Chloric Mix, Molten Feet, Searing Fist. Finally, we get to an Eavesdrop and then a Hoof Stomp uh, to round out our top five so you can see just how dominated uh you know the sky crag is in set 12. so the you know fire and prime will just have a bunch of good cards that are uh you know helping to boost up that i think color
1: pair yeah searing fist is i've never passed that <laughs> i've i've been stuck between like do you take a captain or a third searing fist it's probably right to take the captain but I think Fist just answers so many things for two
0: yeah and yeah. captain is by far again because you know it's number two on this list but because there are fewer fire decks it's like way above um uh trick throw in its count per deck right, um right. and it's like vastly over performing because there's only one set 12 so it's like a point uh four per per deck in our count per deck but you multiply that by three and you're like, wh- there's like averaging like 1.2 per deck almost. So it's like way above any set 13 um, <laughs> common right? in its power level relative to, yeah, to other cards. All right. As, uh, the uncommon lists. Um, so yeah, I'd say no real surprises there. And, and I kind of mostly agree with how those go. Uh, as for the uncommon list, uh, This is kind of surprising. So this is by total count. This isn't even count per deck, which uh, gets really wonky with two-color cards because there are so fewer decks that can play a two-color card. Our number one uncommon in lists is Skycrag Adept um, with uh, 69 copies. Uh, Number two is Flash Flood. Number three is Aerial Deployment. Number four is Insatiable Bug, the time one, the 2-3 flyer with Deadly. Then there's Dark Heart, Acolyte, Mind Broken Cobbler, which uh, is the four three overwhelm that sometimes gives you an Aegis, the Crinkle Boys, Soulfire, Wind Screamer, and then uh, Armaments Collector, and then Bell Tower Shot as the uh, top ten uh, set thirteen cards.
1: Yeah, all of those are pretty pretty good cards.
0: Yeah, they are, and like I said, you know the number one Skycracker Depth, It's by the count per deck, it's like almost double. the <laughs> double the next card as a two-color card. Uh, aerial deployment is uh, number two on that list, unsurprising because there are so few justice cards and yet so many splashed aerial deployments. Uh, number three is actually insatiable bug, which is also an overperformer. And then number four is darkheart acolyte, and then finally flash flood as their their sort of relative performance to the you know to how well they do for how many decks we have of that color. So yeah, I like those. I think the big surprise is maybe Insatiable Bug. Probably people don't think that th- people are you know, unlike the other cards like Flash Flood, Dark Heart Acolyte, and Aerial Deployment, people aren't like, oh no, I can't win this game. My opponent played an insatiable bug. But boy is it appearing in a lot of lists.
1: It is. It's a good card too. It's hard to get around. People don't want to lose their good units to it. I actually had a game at first I think it was Steel. I can't remember. And he had a, a bug on play, and I just busted out something. And I attacked, and you know, the next turn I attacked into his insatiable bug. His bug died. He had no spells in his void, so he had to put my spells back in my void. The first card I drew was my bust out again. <laughs> it's like, or lethal. It was a pretty funny interaction um, that something like that could happen. But it is a good card. I, I like it. I like gaining life. Gaining life is good
0: yeah exactly and it you know it does have it sort of interacts really well with like the other busted unleash cards like flash flood and aerial deployment because like you put every single copy back into your deck so like if yeah. you have if you're like cambray and you aerial deployment for eight and then you play an insatiable bug and then it dies you then shuffle I think five. You shuffle five copies of Aerial Deployment back into your deck, which you're therefore a lot more likely to draw them.
1: Yeah. Then your opponent uninstalls the game. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. And then the I think the other interesting one is uh, uh, Mind Broken Cobbler, the four three with Overwhelm. Again, not like a super exciting card, but I think it's just a a you know body. It has a keyword. And so it's just a good card and primal's good. And so people play these and win with them.
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah, I agree. It's just a average, it's a good card. It's just an average card that's good for some reason. Uh, or three, everyone's pretty decent. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the, yeah, the, the other thing that I, I think is uh, maybe it's surprising, might be surprising to some, is like that icicles is sort of behind. Flash Flood, M- Mindbroken Cobbler, and the Crinkle Boys. Because I, I know people like really love Icicles. And um, but it's actually the fourth best performing uh, Primal Uncommon. And then Yohan know, Runt is just behind that. Uh, where, where, do you, where do you put all of, of these cards?
1: Well, first of all, with Icicles, it might just be because it's double primal, right? Yeah, exactly. Harder, harder to I mean, I can tell you what cards I like from this, obviously. I don't play Aerial Deployment much because I don't see it. And I'm not in justice. I've played plenty of Skycrag Depths. It's awesome. Uh, a five-cost, three-three Flyer that gets a spell back from your Void and pumps the damage. It's pretty good. Um, I really like Frenzy, and therefore Darkheart, Acolyte, and I are good friends. I like making dragons yes and, uh, so that's a card i play often
0: yeah it and is such a powerful card so uh it makes I,
1: again I, I watched tons of eternal and, and you know either in the client itself watching other people or watching streams or in discord and watching a couple of players play just a couple of days ago and uh, one of them was, t- was tens tens i believe one the last draft open <laughs> he had Darkheart Acolyte in play, and I think he made like 16 dragons. Wow, and it was pretty sick, a pretty sick game to watch. It, it was still a tight game. I believe he won in the long run, which he should have. But uh, he was played against another well-known player, and they they held up pretty well. Um, Man, I just had my
0: best uh, anti Darkheart Acolyte uh, story. My uh, my opponent uh, played a turn three uh Dark heart acolyte of of course and then all oh. I had as a follow-up was uh I think it's called uh rune binder it's the three cost one one deadly lifesteal uh unit from set 12.
1: right it does one damage <laughs> yeah
0: so I played that and um then of course they triggered frenzy With their dark heart acolyte, they didn't attack into my one one deadly, of course. But then I had a a, the this is my this is my argent port deck actually, and so I had a tailor, and so I got to play the (laughs) tailor and turn my one one deadly into uh, into a one two, so it actually attacked in and killed their dark heart acolyte, and uh, I still had my one one deadly. Then uh, turn five. They just played a uh, three, three dragon or whatever I just used instead. of, um, and then I was able to kill that and then turn six. I think they were so excited. They dropped their five, five, but I had a second Taylor in hand that I was saving. And so I got the kids, <laughs> my one, one deadly, uh, uh, taunt again and was able to uh, kill there. So I got the, you know, it still was kind of like a one for one because, uh, my one, one did kill uh, you know two of their cards but
1: you know it made you feel so happy though it did it did <laughs> i felt so good
0: with i was like these are the best these tailors are ever going to be for me killing a dark heart I,
1: acolyte and then killing a five five dragon I, i'll give you a, a, a 10 second quick off subject story um my best my best play and my most luckiest and fun play this format was um, i was playing fiend and i was on the losing streak and he turned forward, played Menagerie on cue. I had no answer to it, and <laughs> I top deck uh, dismantle and ended up winning the game. And I've won plenty of games since then. But that was so fun. I'm like, haha, you play Menagerie and it's gone, and it felt good. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it,
0: but that's the worst part about Menagerie. Is even like, even when you do have like a dismantle in your deck, you're like, I got four turns to draw this at most you know what i mean right. like it's it's like so infuriating you're like because oh, it, it makes it feel it almost makes it feel worse when you have an answer in your deck and you're just like i know oh, yes. i know i'm not going to draw this in time and then i'm just gonna like feel extra worse as compared to like sometimes you're like well i have zero ways to interact with relics, so
1: yeah i'll hang around for a turn or two and see what happens yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah exactly all right, cool so yeah those are the uncommons uh some interesting notes there i'm going to post uh you know these this is all listed out in the discord and i think i might write something up and post it on the main discord um if you're not part of our discord and i uh, want to see it there um top uh top rares um you know less useful we only have 400 something lists so um y- you know this data is not uh perfect but uh number one, Rakano Arcanist, actually. Uh number two, Goldenhorn S- Security, number three, Hexavore, number four, Carnivorous Terror, number five, mythical shackles, number six, poachers menagerie, number seven, dunehill clan, uh number eight, Parliament Elder, and then <laughs> uh Zoltan Conclave. Yeah, yeah. And then a grim reminder which i don't actually know is that the
1: relic it's a four cost relic two shadow that uh basically deals in one damage at the beginning of your turn and you gain one life. i can't so believe that's in this list that's crazy and that's then... a cool frenzy it, it, when you have a failed adept that's a cool card to have because it's at the beginning of your turn yeah and so it it buffs your field adapt and you get it for damage but it's gotten scribe also so
0: yeah, no, I, I think because it has Inscribed is why it's on this list, so people are picking them. Uh, and then number 10 is Town Bully. So, pretty, pretty good list. Uh, you know, there's some surprising, like, uh, you know, like the fact that Hexavore has appeared uh, way more times actually than, a, you know, a, a Dune Hill clan is kind of interesting. But, you know, Hexavore <laughs> as a three cost card is, you know, can be pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, for double time. I uh, find though, like I see things in, I don't know, like spurts. Like I'll play one day and I'll see ten hexavore, <laughs> and then when I start drafting that day, I'll see a hexavore as well, and then I'll go for like three or four days without seeing other, any of them. Any Yeah. And then it's something else. I don't know why it's like that. Uh, maybe it's just biased. Or too much games. I don't know. But, uh, it does seem to run in in in, in groups for some reason. Yeah.
0: No, I I can I see what you're saying, and I, I we're kind of uh, anarchist. Uh, uh, pretty pretty interesting as the number one number one rare appearing. Um, you know, especially because you would expect again like a primal to be that because we have the most primal decks. But um, you know, I I guess you know people are drafting it early and then maybe steering their draft towards fire, which uh you know maybe surprising to them is actually a pretty strong thing so they get their they get their seven wins with it
1: yeah i love that card especially if you have fast interaction like fast face damage it's it's a it's a pretty cool card yeah
0: and then uh, uh yeah i i think that's i you know that's everything from the spreadsheet uh do you have any other uh thoughts about for people out there who might be playing their open uh playing the open this weekend
1: um I mean I'm interested to see how the open's going to go I, like I've I've wondered is it going to be whoever Drafts Menagerie is going to win the open or get through the first round and then whoever Drafts Menagerie in the second round is going to get through the second round um you know is that how it's going to play out it I does... yeah sorry the 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 format and there's a lot of good players, and I've seen a lot of good players play really well and get lots of seven wins. And a lot of the same good players go 0-3 a lot. If you look at like the top 25 in the draft, uh, you could see a player at rank 5, and then an hour later they could be at rank 45. So I think everybody's kind of having the same, same luck. They're, they might not be interacting with each other, and they think that they're just suffering by themselves and having a hard time with the format. But i think everybody is i think everybody's having the same luck and they're just bouncing up and down the leaderboard so it will be interesting to see this weekend um what happens and what draft strategy wins
0: yeah i agree and like to speak on this point this was a couple weeks ago now but gunner mentioned on the discord that this was the format where they have they've had the most um zero threes and one threes of any format that they've, you know, kept track of. And so like, they've had a lot, you know, like cause it's gunner, you know, like 40% of their decks are seven, seven wins. But then it was like zero ones and one threes were like another 40% ish, um, you know? So he, he was finding that he was having very extreme swings. And, and that's been kind of my feeling too, where I, I, I mentioned this on, discord today where i just feel like every deck is like if you run hot you can get seven wins and if you run cold you can go zero three and it's been that's been a kind of a frustrating point for me because i feel like i'm not sure what i can learn from my decks or like the mistakes or something except like oh i i should have been better at drawing my rares (laughs) you know yeah or better better
1: drawing power (laughs) Cause, yeah, it, and, cause
0: sometimes I just feel, and I, maybe I'm just like missing, maybe I'm missing the thing and it, you know, someone smarter than me or someone who's doing better in the format would see clearly the like subtle problems in my drafting style or, <laughs> or, or my deck list. But like, I just like, you know, so the decks I think will do well. Don't do well. Decks I think won't do well, do do well, you know, John Avon, another really good drafter, uh, um, you know, he's been playing a bunch of this format this month and he just posted he was having a terrible couple days and then he posted a a deck today that went 7 wins and he's like this is the worst deck I drafted all week and yet it's the one that went 7 wins. And uh so I I think a lot of people are feeling the same way, which makes it like a weird I don't know. I like I I, you know, maybe I'm going to be a little negative here. I just like weird for the, for this to be the open format where it just feels slightly less like skill reliant almost, you know, because it just feels like it's, you know, it's a coin flip (laughs) in every match. I
1: I agree with you 100% and I agree with your assessment. And I've, I've said it like that before to, you know, the people that I interact with. It is, it is kind of a crap shoot. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that should discourage. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I'm not going to play. I don't want to play in it. I think you should play in it. And, you know, I mean, if you're willing to do anything else that's a crapshoot, play poker or play any other type of game, or there is some skill involved, but sometimes it's a crapshoot, you should try this. Because so why not? Maybe maybe it's your weekend. Um, the game's fun. The games are going to be fun. Um, if you're a newer player, and maybe you've only played for a couple of months, and you don't have a lot of experience. You're like, well, man, I just can't beat all these guys who have been playing forever. That's not true. Now's the time to get in, try it out. Maybe you win. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. This is the format to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's the format to
1: do it. And you could be in worlds and then you got plenty of time to practice up into worlds to, to win worlds. So,
0: yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I like your positive approach. I think I, uh, not to be disappointing, I think I'm not playing in this open. I've been, uh, I, like I said, I started maybe this week hot, but it's, I've definitely cooled off and uh, I I can't, I don't know if I could handle the frustration. Yeah, I get,
1: I get uh, tournament anxiety as well. And I get like, man, I'm just not going to do well, but I have a streak to hold up. So I'm going to play. Yeah. Um, I've I've never made a day two and I plan to continue that streak again, but I'm going to try. (laughs) I'm going to give it a good effort to get in there and not make day two
0: yeah no that's cool yeah no because i got i got top 16 last open and i'm still still living in the the glory of that that one good performance uh you know i mean
1: every time i'll i'll practice i'll practice and i've been drafted a lot and i'm like i have an idea i want to do and then i get to the draft part yeah open i'm like this deck is awful and then just i crap out and don't do well and i get discouraged but just gotta shake it off man uh, maybe this is your time i'd get in there if i were you trying to do it i think
0: that was a great positive note to end on um you know to to counteract my my sort of negative negative note but like we said in the beginning it's not like that i hate the format i just like it's just a frustrating format to me because i i kind of feel like i'm not learning anything anymore like i'm i'm drafting cool decks i'm drafting a bunch but i just like again it's just frustrating. One of the most frustrating things to me is when I don't know why I'm losing or winning, and I have felt that a lot, this format.
1: Well, and again, you said, uh, I watch a lot of Gunner. I watch Gunner play a lot, and you know a lot of other people. And, and when I watch them, and I watch them with other people that know how to play the game really well, and we go back and review. We don't see anything where we're like, oh, they shouldn't have done this or they shouldn't have done that. It's almost like maybe the game, the outcome was kind of predetermined and there's nothing you could do about that. Sometimes it feels that way, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you're still going to play the game. You still have fun playing the game. So I just don't see a reason why to skip the open. But at the same time, if you don't want to deal with the stress of it, I guess that's a good reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I also just ran out of gems. (laughs)
1: Oh well, that's an excellent reason to skip it. <laughs> based,
0: based on how much losing I've been doing, because I've also been, I you know I've gotten my you know I was ranked nine for a little bit. I've gotten my I, you know early in the month I was I got up to rank two, but uh, I've it's been a lot like Gunner was saying where it's a lot of sevens and a lot of zeros, and that's a yeah. good way to deplete your you know if I if I could just get five three every time I'd be. You know, well,
1: no, nah, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> really? No, I think
0: I'd be. I think I'd be happy. I can handle it.
1: I like winning, baby. Uh, seven. It doesn't feel good unless I get the seven.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I like not buying gems. I think that's that makes me happier than, than winning. It turns out.
1: <laughs> well, good, good, good.
0: Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, Vincent. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. I hope people got a lot from uh, you got. I don't, let's not let's not uh toot my own. Horn. I hope they got anything from this podcast. Uh well,
1: I uh I appreciate you asking me on. I've I've you know seen you throughout the games and been a part of your Discord for a long time. I think it's a cool thing what you do for the for the community. And uh to do a better job about getting my seven win left uh, posted on the Discord so we can get some better statistics for folks. But again, it's 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 a real honor to be asked to be on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: No, I, I I was excited to have you on because, uh, you know, you've mentioned it throughout the episode. But, you know, I think you are. I feel like one of the people in, in Eternal, Eternal Draft who has the widest, you know, breadth of, of resources and knowledge a little bit. I know because I know you watch a lot of people. You talk with a lot of people. You play a lot. Um, and so you're sort of dipping your toe in a lot of different eternal circles. And so I was, I was hoping, you know, uh, to have. I was excited to have you on to like get a little insight in what everyone, what you and everyone else are thinking about the format. So
1: yeah, it's a really cool community, man. Uh, the, the game, the community of the games. Uh, everybody's, you know, for the most part, everybody's great, and I do enjoy spending my time interacting with them it's like um, some good personalities and good folks and you can learn a lot by uh, watching twitch or uh, hopping on discord and just watching people draft uh, it, there's a lot to be learned there so if you want to get better at drafting um, i'm on wsg discord lots of time but uh so you know if people want to come over there and hang out they're more than welcome yeah but again thank you
0: yeah no thank you All right, cool. So that's our show. Thanks again to all our patrons for making the show a success. And for those of you who are not a patron, a reminder to you can give us a five star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, You can join us in our discord. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, Thumbs up the uh, Reddit posts that Raven Dragon posts uh, each episode that helps spread the word. I still think a lot of people, uh, you know, can learn about the show through Reddit um so all all of that helps you know get the word out there gets people on the discord gets more people to talk to builds the community so I think that's all really great stuff and uh don't forget uh you know everyone who does not talking to anyone specifically to uh post your seven win deck list you do this (laughs) week uh in the farming eternal discord or email them to farming eternal gmail.com and remember to keep on farming have a, a good luck in the open everyone